Thank you for joining us for the All Access Coaches Corner podcast. We are so excited to continue serving coaches, sharing their stories, and spotlighting their programs. Stay connected as we bring you more special guests and more real conversations covering all aspects of the game. You can find our show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at allaccess underscore cc. Subscribe to the All Access Network YouTube channel and join us in the All Access Coaches Corner. Today we sit down with TCU assistant coach Dwayne Broussard. Most recently, Dwayne Broussard was recognized by Silver Waves Media as one of the 50 most impactful Division I assistant coaches. He is a Sugarland native and has over 25 years of Division I coaching experience. He has been to 10 NCAA tournament appearances as a coach and coached multiple NBA players, including Danny Granger. One of the best absolute human beings you'll find in college basketball. I can't wait for you to learn more about Coach Broussard and his story. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. I've been blessed to be blessed by Coach uh, and his encouragement, his words of wisdom, his knowledge, and I've just always watched from afar and always He's a guy I've looked up to in this business and a guy who's always had just such a positive rep- reputation, positive uh, effect on other people, uh, just, a, just a consummate pro and, and a winner. You know, he's won everywhere he's been. So I'm, we're excited to have him on. I think he's going to have some great, great nuggets and insight for us. Um, 25 plus years of coaching, Division One, played Division One, um, 10 NCAA tournament appearances, which is a deal in your career when you can do that. Uh, is major and is several has worked for several great coaches and has also coached several great players, uh, several NBA players. So, uh, without further ado, Coach Prasad, excited to have you. Uh, hello. Thank you, thank you, Brian. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me, and I'm glad to be here. Glad to yeah, be here. Don't, this don't is good. Be, so, so we'll go ahead and get kicked off. So, so we'll uh, we will do kind of an interview for him, just kind of hanging out, talking ball, uh, letting Coach share a lot of wisdom and a lot of nuggets with us. And uh, at the end of it. We'll, We'll open up for questions for anybody who has them for coach, but we'll just kind of go through a line of questions. So first and foremost, everybody's kind of in the stay-at-home uh, quarantine, shelter-in-place. Uh, it's definitely different than we've ever seen 
but how has this been for you and what have you been up to during this time, coach? Well, let me, uh, let, let me start by saying, can you, can everybody hear me? Are you, am I, is it, is it clear? Because yep. the connection on my end is, is, uh, kind of waffling a little bit. Can everybody hear? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're good. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, this, this quarantine has been a little interesting. You know, I, I think we've all kind of experienced, um, sort of a little bit of a pause in life, um, especially because it came so abruptly uh, at the end of our seasons. But um, I've tried to take a positive spin on it. I, I don't know when I've had this kind of time to just sit and reflect uh, without always wanting to keep going and moving and always being in motion. So it's been, it's actually been pretty good for my family and I, and um, I've, I've learned a lot about myself in these moments a lot of Zoom calls, man. So many Zoom calls. Sometimes I get Zoom exhaustion. So, it's, but it's uh, it, you know, it's 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 been a real fruitful time, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, I get zoomed out, man. But it's uh, you know, it's it's been good. It's uh, you know, I've had a chance to reflect on some things that I can do better, um, and uh, reconnect with people in the business in particular that I I hadn't had a chance to do for a long time, and and uh, sit back and listen to. Um, uh, a lot of TED talks and podcasts, and and just just try to get better, you know. And then and then also too connecting with our players on a whole different level. I think that's that's really been uh, that's really been fun for me, you know. Seeing that I've only been at TCU for a year, uh, and still getting to know uh, the players on a more intimate and deeper level. So that's been great. It's been great. What what would you say, coach? Is something that you will keep with you now that COVID nineteen's happened and we've had to do all this learning and adjusting and. Uh, all of that, what would you say something that you'll keep with you even as we kind of go back to transition to this new normal? What would you say something well, you know, I, take I think, away from the COVID that you'll keep with you? Yeah, I, I think just, just reaffirming the importance of balance in one's life and, you know, whether that's, you know, being more intentional about spending time with, with my wife and, and listening to her because I think that's extremely important. Um, you know, reaching out more to my parents. Um, I think that'll be, that'll be, that'll be key to this, you know, being back in Texas, because this is my home. Um, and then I, and I think, I think being in a position to listen more to our players in particular, because there's so much going on in the world that they're trying to process right now. And, uh, and just being that listening ear, uh, and, and hopefully, you know, a voice of reason and safety um, for our young players. You know, I think those are the areas that that I'll that I'll that I'll take that I'll take uh, from this experience. And then I and then I think the last thing is 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 you know self reflection and just trying to get better. You know, and and you don't need a lot of time to get better at anything. You just need to be intentional about how you organize your time to get it done. And so that's uh, that's that's what I would take from this experience. For sure. No, that's great stuff, Coach. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Uh, so, so switching gears on the lighter note, tell us something fun or funny that you've learned about yourself or your family since you've been locked in the house for, for as long as we all have. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm a pretty good I know you got some voice, Coach. Don't hold no, on. I'm a, I'm, a pretty, I'm a pretty good video game player. I'm a pretty good video game player. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 pr- I'm pretty good at that. What I don't like, though, is I don't like the multiplayer. 
where I'm on, I'm on, I'm on a, a game with everybody from around the world, right? Because I just don't know the languages. So I just like to go solo a lot. <laughs> so that's pretty good. And like I'm it. a lot more, I'm a lot more handier than I thought, you know, fixing things around the house. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's been, okay. that's been good for me. That's been good for me. Now I, I have probably created more work for myself uh, because now my wife um, feels this greater sense to call on me in those, in those areas, but that's okay too. That's okay too. <laughs> so, you, so you're Tim the tool man now. What, what's your, what did you fix if you're modest? Oh my gosh. What's what was one thing it, you fixed? Well, you know, one of the things is, is, is our shelving in our house, right? Our shelving because, you know, at the early stages of the pandemic, no one was coming to your house and I couldn't really go out as much. So, you know, I had to, I had to end up standing in line one day at, at uh, Home Depot and going in there and getting the materials and then reading the instructions and getting the right tools um, and putting some shelving in our house because when my kids came back, we had to find more storage. So we had to make space. Right. So that, that's, uh, you know, that's been an adventure in of itself. It's been pretty good. <laughs> nice. And so, so on the video game, on your multiplayer, Coach, what's your video game? Are you a, are you a Call of Duty guy? Are you a... Uh, you know what? I, I stopped uh, playing Call a, of Duty. Are you a NBA 2K? No, what's your, no what's your... I, I try to stay away from the sports games because I'm in sport. So yeah. I, uh, and, and the yeah. Call of Duty stuff, man, the Call of Duty for me was just, uh, it just moved way too fast, right? It just, I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. So I, but I do play, I play a game called Division and it's on the, um, it's on the Xbox and the PlayStation platform. And, and essentially what it is, is uh, I'm like a, I'm like a cop all by myself in the middle of a pandemic, both in Washington, D.C. and New York. And I go around and I try to maintain order. And I love it. <laughs> I love it. So that's what nice. I do. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So, that, so tell everybody in the call. So obviously we're getting to know you, Coach, um, everyone in the room. Tell everyone a little bit about how you started playing ball. Uh, we know you played at Bradley, but tell us a little bit about your playing background that led to your coaching background. Yeah, well, I, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I, I, I grew up, I grew up in Texas. Um, my father and, and mother, um, are both from Louisiana. And prior to uh, me coming into the world, my dad was in the military and uh, he was stationed over in Germany in the Air Force a long time ago. Well, he decided that when it was time to move back to the States, that we were going to move to a place where the jobs were plentiful. And uh, he was close to his mother and father and my mother was close to her mother and father. So Houston, Texas became home because it was strategically located uh, between Shreveport, Louisiana, and New Iberia, Louisiana, okay? So it became home, and, um, you know, we moved uh, back to the States when I was three years of age, and kind of fast-forwarding, uh, my dad uh, got a job in juvenile probation, so my mother was a, was a middle school teacher, PE teacher, and so, you know, on occasion, my mother would bring a football home or a baseball home or a basketball home, um, just to see if I would have interest. And my dad would come by and sort of emphasize each of those sports. So, but on this particular day, uh, he comes by and I had a basketball in my hand and he just said one thing to me, B. He said, all right, now, if you pick that ball up, then you got to understand that you're going to be a great ball handler because being a guard, because I guess at the time he didn't think I was going to be seven foot two, he figured I'd have to learn how to dribble the basketball. So 
that's kind of how that started. That was probably, I don't know, I may have been four or five years of age. Okay. So I, I took that um, and sort of ran with it. I had a little bit of stint as a swimmer, but that didn't work out too well. So I just continued to play basketball. So all through high school or all through middle school and high school, um, you know, worked on my skills and uh, really enjoyed the game. And it was also a way to connect with my father. Um, my mother at the time, uh, at, at, in the evenings when she was not teaching at, at Fondra Middle School in Houston, Texas, um, she had a part-time job at the Summit, which is where the Rockets used to play. So I was a ball boy for the Rockets for nine years. So, you know, I, I had pros that I was able to watch all the time, up close and personal, and sort of emphasize and learn from them um, how to play the game. And that was, that was a phenomenal experience. I had high school coaches, uh, Gary Nichols, who was my high school coach, uh, who has now since retired, uh, instilled uh, great wisdom in the game and spent a lot of time with me on, on my skills. So I had gotten to the point where, you know, like, like a lot of the kids that we recruit, you know, I had gotten some recognition and, and thought maybe, you know, at the end of my high school career, it would be nice to leave the state for a minute to see kind of what life is like elsewhere. And then I went to Bradley, you know, I went to Bradley and played four years. I wasn't the greatest of players, you know, on the court with the stats. Um, but it was a very uh, rewarding experience for me to get an education, to play with teammates that I love to this day. And, um, and also as a bridge to get into the profession that I love so much. So that's, that, 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 that's kind of yeah. how, it's kind of how it started, you know? No, that's great. Appreciate you sharing that coaches. Now, yeah. would you say looking back when you came up and you were recruited and you went through the recruiting process, is there anything that you took from that process that you kind of use now, either do's or don'ts, you would say? Yeah, I would, I would, uh, really good question, uh, B. Um, you know, I think it's important in the recruiting process for coaches to get to know your parents, to get to know your high school coaches, and to be truthful, you know, and to give you accurate information. I think that's extremely important. Um, and I would, I would encourage every young coach out there uh, to have a sense of integrity about what they're doing, and particularly now because our profession is under siege. You know, it's under siege. Um, and I also, I'd also would, 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 you know, would encourage, um, would encourage coaches just to, just to try to build deeper and more meaningful relationships and to, to have a better idea of how to evaluate players. Because when you bring somebody from their home to your team, uh, there's got to be a fit. You know, there's got to be a way to integrate players and to create cohesion. And I, and I, and I, think, you, I think you do that by the depth of the relationship. So uh, that's what I would stress. That's what I would stress. No, that's good. That's good. So, yeah. so knowing your story, me knowing your story, share a little bit of how you got into coaching and how you actually had your eyes set on some other really high level opportunities that most coaches don't have opportunities to go do. Yeah. Well, in their playing yeah, career well, and what made you choose coaching over those other opportunities? Yeah. Well, well, coaching, coaching was something that really was not on my radar. And, you know, I, I went to school um, and studied, history and sociology and criminal justice. Um, and my, my thought then was to somehow make it and get into the, the FBI. That, that's, that's what I initially wanted to do. My father was in law enforcement. My mother eventually left uh, middle school coaching and she was in law enforcement. So that was a part of my fabric, okay? 
And so I figured oh, I, I wanted to take it to another level. So I, you know, I had aspired to be an FBI agent and, and had worked towards that. What ended up happening my senior year, um, I was being recruited by the Secret Service, the United States Secret Service, because I figured if I couldn't get to the FBI after graduation, because I'm not so sure that my educational background was going to let me do that, because at the time they were taking more accountants and biology people and lawyers, and I didn't, I didn't quite have that. So I started being recruited by, by, the, um, by the Secret Service, but at the same time, my college coach, the second semester of my senior year, started talking to me more about the coaching profession. And I, and I tell you, I had no interest whatsoever because I just didn't know what it was all about. You know, there was no blueprint. There was no courses that I took. I just didn't feel comfortable. All right. So fast forward to graduation. I graduated on May 15th and I was traveling back home to Houston and I was, I was, I was all but for sure going to be a secret service agent. I was actually going back home to stay there for about a week. And then, was going to go get processed and go start a career, you know, and I had, I had some other things, you know, I, I'd applied to law school because I just thought that's, that's what you should do with my educational background. Well, lo and behold, I get home, I'm home for two days. And my, my college coach tells me coach Jim Molinari, who, you know, is my man, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him in so many different ways and levels. Uh, he's now a coach at, at Oklahoma in the same conference, by the way. So that's a very unique situation, but he called me after two days of being at home and he said, hey, vacation's over. It's time for you to start your career. I need you to come back up here right away. This is a two days. I, I, I graduated on a Saturday and on a Monday, he's telling me that. So Tuesday from Hobby Airport in Houston, Texas, I had a plane ticket waiting for me. I got on the plane and I went back and I started my career. That's how, that's how it happened. And I became the director of operations for him. And then that's kind of how it all started. He just said, this is what you're going to do. No questions asked. And I feel very fortunate that he was able to see in me something that that has allowed me to have a fair amount of success 25 years later. And I really appreciate that about him. No, absolutely. Absolutely. He saw something in you and it's, it's worked out because you're still doing it and doing it. High. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so, you. So, uh, I don't know what you would have been like as a secret service agent, but I'm glad you're a coach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was going to end up taking some bullets. You know, and I think, uh, you know, that would have been literally taking bullets. But, you know, in our careers, college coaches, figuratively, we take bullets, too. And uh, I'm well equipped for that. You know, well equipped oh, yeah. for that. Oh, yeah. So let's, let's switch gears. Let's talk about TCU a little bit. Let's talk some TCU yeah. questions. You've been there now for, for one season, right, correct, Coach? Yeah, one season. So, you know. About um, about a year and let's say three weeks or so. That's how long I've been here. Yep, yep, very good. Coming from UCLA, so uh, you've been a lot of different places: UCLA, New Mexico, Bradley. Uh, you've been in the tournament. You've seen the highs and the highs of this business. What do you think makes TCU a special place? Obviously, the Big Twelve, and we know about Fort Worth. And Coach Dixon does a great job. Yeah, uh, everywhere he's been, especially at TCU. So, just curious for everybody else, what do you think it is that makes unique makes them special? Well, you know, I, I didn't know this initially um, about TCU when I, when I came here, but TCU at one time was in the Mount West Conference. And so when I was at New Mexico, we, we played TCU. And, you know, when you go on a road trip, you don't really get a chance to see much about the place other than the gym and maybe a hotel. So when I came back, um, 
to get hired last year and walked around the campus and had a chance to talk with Coach Dixon and 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 meet the people here, I was astonished. I was amazed. Um, I was amazed at the level of commitment that TCU has to the student athlete experience, you know, from facilities to um, resources, um, its location um, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, I think it's leadership. All those areas, I think, make it an outstanding place to be for me. It was it was a it was a match that I wasn't expecting it to be great, but it, it's turned out to be really, really good, really, really good. And I think it's one of the few places where, you know, you have a private school setting. So there is a a, a there's a commitment to academics, but it's not often where you have a private school setting with also big time, you know, college athletics. And uh, I think that's what makes this place special. And it's a place. In particular, with basketball, there's not a whole lot of history, right? There's not a whole lot of history here, particularly in basketball. So you have a chance to build that history. You have a chance to build that legacy. And at this particular yep. stage in my career, personally, I like to be in that place. You know, coming from UCLA, that's the complete opposite. That's the complete opposite. I was in a right. place at UCLA that had probably, arguably, the best history of any college basketball program, Okay. And so with that, right. there's a lot of good things, but there's also some expectations that you're just not going to overcome, right? It's just not going right. to overcome. Well, here, because there isn't any real expectation, because there, really, there isn't any real history right now, we have a chance to be a trailblazer, not only as a coaching staff, but even the players that we recruit and bring in here, that's a major selling point, you know? Come here, learn, grow, Make your own way, make your own way. And I think that's, I think that's important in particular for, for young men um, in this day and age. No, that's, that's well said coach. Very well said. And being somebody who's from the Metroplex graduate high school from the Metroplex. Um, it's been awesome to see what coach Dixon has been able to get going further from the moment he stepped on, stepped on campus uh, the first year yeah. at NIT and getting back to the tournament. And, and we know more great things are ahead and coach Dixon actually played there so we know that place means something special to him right. uh, he's obviously been a pit and had enormous success there what do you think it is about coach Dixon that has made him be such an elite coach for so such well, a long period of time what, what's three yeah. reasons you would say if you had to say well you know I think the first is 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 this idea of 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 how he's been able to create a trajectory of success you know trajectory of success meaning meaning that when you look at his track record as a, as a coach he's been on the rise and has been able to sustain a high level of winning. Okay. Well, there's a reason behind that. Okay. And, 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 and in just a short time, I've noticed one of the reasons I think he's been able to do that is because he understands the welfare of the student athlete to a high degree. Okay. In athletic departments within the profession that we work in. Yeah. We have marketing departments. We have, we have academics, we have facilities, but at the bottom, the, the, the bottom line is, is that the student athlete to me is the most important aspect. And I think he's done a really good job of that. Okay. And making sure that the student athlete has everything he needs to be successful. You know, I think that's extremely important. And the second thing I would say, and this is a critical touch point. Okay. A critical touch point for me is I think, I think he's valued adaptability over flexibility. OK, in other words, see, I think when you're flexible, I think 
that speaks to how much you tolerate. But I'm not so sure you really change when you're flexible. But adaptability, adaptability, that's a whole nother level, okay? That's, that's a wholesale change from within. And when he was at Pitt, and this is what I'm saying to you, when he was at Pitt, he played a different way than he now plays at TCU, okay? So yep. somewhere in yep. there, he figured out, okay, in order for me to remain relevant and continue to do what I like to do, I got to make some changes. And so he was able to right. do that. And I respect right. that. And I think in our business, we have to be able to do that. We always have to, and I may say this over and over again during this talk, but we got to be able to change. We got to be able to learn and grow at the rate of change. And I think he's been able to do that. Okay. I think, I think the third thing, and I, and I wrote some things down because, because I want to make sure that I'm saying this correctly. The third thing is, is he has extreme energy. Brian, he's got extreme energy to hold people accountable, all right? He's a coach. He has a certain philosophy. He has a certain vision, a certain style, okay? Unless you work your players and your staff to believe in that vision, okay, to carry out what it is you're trying to get to, then, then you probably won't have a ton of success. You will probably make decisions that are not suited to your style of play. You'll recruit a certain way that, that may not help you sustain high levels of success. But if you have an energy and a conviction, okay, about what it is you want to do, then chances are you're going to be successful. So I think he has energy in that area that in the short time that I've known him, really, in my opinion, is unmatched by anybody that I've worked for. I mean, it, it, it's extreme. And I love that about it. I love that about it. It's phenomenal. Yeah, those things definitely make you successful. That makes makes perfect sense. Uh, tell us about the staff uh, that you work with and, and tell us something about the staff and the staff cohesion or the staff chemistry or whatever it may be that most people wouldn't know. Well, I think the, the, the one obvious that sticks out is that Ryan Miller and Tony Benford also worked at New Mexico. We all worked at New Mexico at some point, right? Tony... Tony worked at New Mexico, I think it was in the early 90s, or late 90s. And then I came in the early 2000s. And I was there actually under two staffs. And then Ryan came with Steve Alford. Okay, so, so I think that's one of the reasons why we all feel pretty good about our staff because we all have familiarity with each other. We all respect each other's ability. Uh, we all celebrate each other's successes in our profession. And, and I think we, we share similar values. And I think we all have a, a, sort of a, a, a continued uh, desire to make sure that Jamie is the most successful coach that he can be at this level. And I think that's why it's working. It's working. I think it's working well. Right, right. That's good. If, if you don't mind me asking too, Coach, for yeah. yourself, how do you think that, that you've been able to be so great among Amongst so many different staffs and fit in because every different staff has a different dynamic. Every staff has different egos or different responsibilities. How have you been great personally at being able to just kind of blend and adapt, like you said about Coach Dixon, to so many different staffs that you've been on? Well, let me just say this, B. I appreciate the compliment. You know, I, you know, <laughs> being great, that's a, you know, that's a, that, that, that is a moniker that I would never say about myself. Uh, but I appreciate you saying that. Okay. 
Um, I, I, I will say this. And just to cut you off, I think most people in the profession, I know you're very humble, Coach. Most people in the yeah. profession would say the same, and it's a testament to the places that you've been that that's a true statement. So sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. You're good. But, but I, I would tell you along those lines, you know, I think you have to always realize that as an assistant coach, um, whoever you work for, whatever school you work for, whatever environment you're in, that environment, I mean, you're a part of something that's much bigger than yourself, right? You're just, you're just, it's much bigger than yourself. And so I think, I think with that in mind, I think whatever skills you have, uh, whatever experiences you have, whatever you bring to the table, whatever your equity is, okay, whatever your capital is, okay, you have to bring that to the table, okay, with the sole purpose of building someone else's house. You're building someone else's house, okay? You're building the head coach's house that you work for, okay? And I say that figuratively, but literally what I mean is, you know, whatever your strength is, okay, whether it's recruiting, whether it's X's and O's, whether it's relationships, whatever it takes for the success of the entire organization, I think that's what you have to concern yourself with. And I think no matter where I've been, no matter where I've been, I feel like I've done a pretty good job of that, okay, of blending in and taking everything that I know, my internal strengths, my experiences, and making sure that the head coach that I work for has a high level of success, okay? And I think my track record proves that. Now, I'll say this for young coaches out there. <laughs> you know, I've also had failures, but that's okay, too. That's okay, too. You know, you, you have to learn from those situations. But, but for the most part, um, answering your question, I think that's what it is. I, I think you, the humility comes in knowing that you're, you're a part of something that's much larger than yourself. And you got to contribute to the success as a whole um, by what you bring to the table. No, it's great. You said equity. I think that's a great word to use mm -hmm. uh, for young coaches and all coaches is to know what value do you bring. And then building someone else's house is a great philosophy, great approach. I love that. And definitely as young coaches, uh, middle of your career coaches, at any point in time in this business, you can kind of make it about yourself and not mean to. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really powerful that you said that about building someone else's house. Um, mm -hmm. We'll shift gears the last four things on TCU. So what's one thing um, that you love about TCU <laughs> and what you guys do, uh, letting us in some, in some inside, uh, offensively, what's one thing you love? Then we'll go defensively, then we'll go culture, then we'll go in recruiting. So we'll start first with what's one thing you love that you guys do offensively at TCU, whether the practice well, or I, games? Yeah, well, well and, I, and, I, and I'll say just philosophically, you know, whether it's practice or games, I, I think we do a really good job of spacing in our offense. You know, I, I, I think Jamie does a really good job of teaching spacing, uh, timing and precision. You know, I think I think that that helps our young men understand how to play without having to script how to play. You know what I mean? I think I think it helps them to make better decisions. And, uh, and, 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 I, and I think, again, going back to what I said earlier about extreme energy, you know, that, that's an area where he has extreme energy. Every day we're doing something to better improve the mechanics of our spacing, you know, and how we punish and reward behaviors that either work for the spacing or work against it, you know, extreme energy in that area. So he does a really good job of that. And I, and I, I, I appreciate that huge about him. And I'm coming from a system where 
you know, I coached under Steve Alford, who was a phenomenal motion coach, phenomenal motion coach. Right. And I kind of thought right. I knew everything I, there was right. to know about right. it. But coming to TCU, I've added something right. else to my bag of tricks, which I appreciate. And I think defensively, yep. just moving That's forward, awesome. yeah, moving forward defensively, um, I, I think the intensity level at which we compete, okay, we, we, we at times this year, we were outmatched, but our kids never stopped playing, okay? And no matter what happened in games, the next day or the next day we come to practice, our intensity level was always consistent. I love that. I love that. Again, it points back to extreme energy, extreme energy, okay, from, from Coach Dixon and how he was able to communicate that, okay? Um, and so that's kind of what I got because, I mean, you know, either you're going to play pack line or you're going to either force baseline or, you know, you're going to down the sides on ball screens, you're going to trap the post, whatever. We all have different schemes, but, but to me, the energy behind that is, is what is most important. Can you get your kids every day to work on those things. And, and, and that's what I love. I think we had a high level of sustainable intensity. Okay. I think culturally, culturally, I, I think it's how we were able to celebrate our achievements. You know, we, there were some metrics in place after every game and every practice that helped to enforce our culture mm. by the things that our young men would do. Okay. They would get recognized for right. diving right. on the floor right. for loose balls or, or helping the helper in defense or making the right pass or right. high-fiving, you know, a person for doing something good or being encouraging. I love the way we celebrate achievement. I love that. I love that. So, okay. And what was the last one? Uh, in recruiting, what's one thing you love about what you well, guys do in recruiting? Well, well, I, I, I think there is um, – I think there is a um, – there's a desire – from Jamie Dixon on down to make sure that we get the right fit. We get the right fit in recruiting. Okay. We typically try to recruit what we don't have. And that's a general recruiting philosophy. Okay. But Jamie to me is more patient than most that I've been with. And he really likes to delve into whether it's the analytics of how a person takes shots what his high school coach is saying, what his AAU coach is saying, getting to know his parents, getting to know the kids. And I appreciate that. So that moving forward, whenever a young man decides he wants to commit and be a part of our team, then I think it's a much better fit. So I think we do a pretty decent job of that in the first year that I've been there. I think we've been able to identify in the recruiting process young men that fit what we're trying to do. I can't speak for what has gone on in the past. I just know what's happening now, and I think that's 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 been a really good thing to witness. Right, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you know, I think it goes without saying, Coach, being a Texas guy, being back home in Texas, in Texas, um, and just being such a relational guy. I, I would ask this question as we shift away from TCU and kind of shift more on you and your mm -hmm. career reflections, and lessons, and some insights you have. <laughs> Just kind of from a recruiting standpoint, uh, I think some of it is natural. I, I can tell what you've done with me and uh, people that I know that you have relationships with have been just a, such a positive person and such a positive light to people. But what do you think it is for yourself that's enabled you to make? Because people say relationships a lot. What do you right. think it is that for yourself that's helped you be so successful at 
establishing relationships, connecting to young people, and then just building that trust? What would you say for yourself? I know I'm kind of going off the grid, but I think oh, no, 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 this is of... good. This is good. This is good. No, 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 no. I appreciate this. Well, well, I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you, Brian, um, or to anybody who's on this call. All right, but. You know, I think in decision-making, you have to have a framework, okay? And I'm going somewhere with this. You got to have a framework for how you make decisions and how you go about developing relationships, okay? I've ascribed to the framework of what I call the four C's in building relationships, the four C's, compassion, consistency, okay? Um, congruence and competence, and I'll explain all of them. Compassion, obviously having a listening ear and, and listening with empathy. That's compassion, okay? Trying to understand the player. Trying to understand where the player's coming from, okay? Trying to understand where the coach is coming from and the parents are coming from. That's compassion. To me, that's first and foremost. We have to be in it for people, okay? Not because the people can come to your school and win and you get these big-time contracts and you go on to the highest level. No, you got to be in it for the right reasons. Okay. All right. I think, and in no particular order, I think you also have to be competent of what you do. All right. We're all coaches. All right. The bottom line is, is that a yep. player might like you for who you are, the clothes you wear, how you, how you talk to them, what your hair is all about. But here's the deal. When a player comes to your school, when a player comes to your school, based on what you have said to them, okay. And their parents have allowed that to take place. They need to get better at whatever it is they need to get better, whether it's shooting, dribbling, rebounding, whatever, okay? And as a coach, you have to be competent in those areas because when you can't deliver, then I think that's when the lack of trust happens. Yep. And I think kids feel a, a less sense of a cohesion and, it, and you can't integrate them quickly. So I think that's extremely important. And not just stuff on the court, all right? I think being competent in areas off the court, you know, developmental issues, whether it's you know, money, academics, life, whatever the case is, okay? All right? I think consistency, all right? This job is every day, every day. It's an everyday deal. And, and some might say, well, how do you do that every single day? Well, I'll tell you how. Because you love what you do. That's the fuel, okay? That's the extreme energy. That's the fuel. You have to love what you do. Do you know that there was a study done in Forbes magazine and it said that 76% of people in jobs today are misaligned? That means that you got 76 of the working population in jobs they don't mm. want to be in. Mm. And I'm going to tell you right now, as wow. a coach, I enjoy what I do because I love what I do. Okay? I love what I do. Mm. Okay? So that fuels that consistency. Period. Okay? Mm -hmm. Period. And then the last thing is congruence. Congruence to me is nothing more than integrity. So if you say you're going to do something and you say you're going to be somewhere, then that's where you got to be. That's where you got to be, okay? Because there may be times, there may be times, Brian, when you recruit somebody who, when you think about their past, all those areas I just mentioned were void. None of that took place. So now you're dealing with a person who is struggling because there's a deficit of trust. Right. There's a deficit right. of trust. All right. So what do you have to do? You, you, you have to carry out your business every single day with that particular student athlete or all of your student athletes in a systematic way so that they know you care for them. 
You want to make sure they have the best resources. You want to make sure that you can answer questions they may have and get them better. And you want to make sure that they believe when you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And they want to know that you're going to show up every single day for them, every single day. Okay. So that's probably a long answer. Sorry. I just had to say that. No, great, great answer. Yeah. Great answer. I mean, I think there's a, there's a ton of nuggets in there for, for all of us on this call. And great that you have a philosophy because it seems like with as much success as you've had with, you know, for those that don't know, recruiting NBA players like Dane Granger and um, many others that you've coached and recruited, uh, just to be able to have a formula to that is, is very powerful. It, it speaks to your consistency. So uh, salute to you on that. Um, Thank what, you. what are three things you would say today, um, the today you, uh, what would you say to the younger you who was just starting a business, who just turned down going to the Secret Service and now you're getting into this thing? What's three things that you would, what points of advice you would give? Well, you know, first is, you know, I think no matter which direction you want to take, you have to have a direction, right? You have to have something that you see in front of you. You have to have a vision of where you want to go, okay? And I try to keep things right. simple. And so I like to say that you have to be there before you get there. You have to be there before you get there. You have to be able to see it, okay, before you, before you get there, okay? I think that's extremely important. We, 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 we have to have a vision about where it is we want to go. Because then I think you start to build that vision with ingredients that are necessary for you to achieve the vision, okay? And I'm just talking from the perspective of an assistant coach. I don't, I haven't been a head coach, so I want to make that clear too. I, I, that, I'm just talking from that perspective with the hopes that maybe someday I'll have an opportunity to do that. But even as a head coach, that would be For the sure. first thing that I do, would, would be able to, to, to reflect on, okay, where do I want to go? Where do I want to be? What am I trying to accomplish here, okay? And I think the second thing in no particular order, you know, <clears throat> I think there has to be a character component, okay? A character component. So what is the framework for that for me? Well, I'm a man of God or a man of faith, okay? Man of faith, all right? I'm, I have a testimony. Uh, sure. I'm, I'm a Christ sure. follower. Okay, so I, I, I think for me, that's extremely important, okay? And, and the reason I think that piece is important is because, again, our profession is under siege, okay? Our profession is under siege at a high level, okay? And I think we have to have coaches out there that are willing every single day, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do character-wise, to defend our profession because it is, in fact, to me, a good profession, okay? There are a lot of negative aspects of it, no doubt. But at the end of the day, most of us can say that when we go to work and we come home, we're fulfilled. So we enjoy what we do. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a good, you know, it's, 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 it's a good practice to have good character. Okay. Reflecting those things that are noble and true Amen. and just, Absolutely. right. All those things. Okay. All those things. And I get that from Philippians four, verse eight through nine. Okay. I think the, 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 the last thing, you know, in this trifecta is, and I got to say this right, okay, because this is something that I've been thinking about. You got to commit to the watering of the bamboo philosophy, okay? The watering of the bamboo philosophy. So I don't know if, if, if any of you young coaches have heard about that. If you have, then you know what I'm talking about. But essentially, you know, if you are growing bamboo, you know that bamboos don't grow very quickly, very fast. Sometimes it may take years. But if you keep watering, you keep tending to it and keep cultivating, then eventually at some point down the road, that 
inch seed or that inch bamboo that you planted is probably going to grow to be 10 foot tall. So what is the meaning behind that? The meaning behind that to me is that you can't be obsessed with immediate gratification. You can't be in this profession. See, Mm -hmm. it's just like what I said earlier. You know, I didn't go to school to be a coach. Many of you probably didn't go to school to be a coach. So there really is no no playbook that you can go to a college and get and say, okay, this is what it takes to be a really good coach. You have to get in it and you have to observe, learn and grow. And the other thing is, the other thing is, is this, okay. And I want to make this point very, very clear. Coaching falls under the structure of education. When you look at a profession, we are in education men. And if you look at education, we're considered teachers, Philosophically, we're teachers. Jim Beheim said that. He said that. He said, you know, we're teachers. We may make more than the average teacher, which is great. That's a blessing, but we're teachers. But in the teaching profession, if you're good at what you do, typically you're going to stay in a position for a very long time. Okay? You are. So when you come in as a young coach, you can't be obsessed with thinking, it's only going to take me two or three years to get to this level and I'm going to be good. It's much longer than that. So all I'm saying is, it's great to have goals and expectations and it's great to work for that, but don't be obsessed with immediate gratification. And the last thing I'll say, this is, this is part two of, of three, okay? Comparison is the enemy of your calling. Comparison is the enemy of your calling. So if you're comparing your lot, your future, your, your desires, your dreams with somebody else's, then you know what? I think you're doing yourself a disservice, okay? Stay focused. Okay, work your craft. Okay, okay, appreciate where you are. And if you do things the right way, eventually you're going to get there. You're, I'm just telling you, you're going to get there. I'm living proof you're going to get there. You're going to get there. And some of you are already there. That's all I got for right. that, B. No, that's, a, some, no that's, 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 that's big time right there. That's big time. I mean, uh, all those things are things that I think that when you're getting into this business um, and starting off your career and early in your career or any point, um, you know, the character part so important, um, comparison so important, um, all, all of those things you spoke on, Coach. That's a lot of a lot of powerful nuggets that appreciate you sharing that for sure. Oh, you got uh, your living yep. testimony that I'm sure you probably didn't necessarily think you I'm sure you probably didn't think you were gonna be at UCLA and TCU back when you started at Bradley, but testament to you following those things. Thank you. Thank things, you. You know, Thank um, 